Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. Welcome back. Um, I'll be. This is the first time I've ever done a recording in a mask. <laughs> so we're, we're being safe. I just want everyone to know. Um, and today with me, I have Jade, who experienced a ton of loss in 2019. It seemed just like an unbelievably challenging and, and pivotal year for her. Um, and I'm so excited to have her with me today to share her story. So Jade, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm turning it over to you. I want you to start telling your story. All right. Uh, Yeah, so like you said, 2019 was what some might call a monumental year for us. Um, Totally unexpected. And looking back, it was um, so much more traumatic than I realized when I was living through it. Mm. Um, But Looking back, it was just, it's just crazy all the loss that we went through. So we ended up losing six people that were very close to us in 2019. Um, It kind of started in February. So my grandpa died, which was, you know, it's hard. Um, I just didn't realize what was coming (laughs) after that in the months to come. Um, In July of 2019, I had a miscarriage. We had been at a fertility clinic and um, for two years, so we lost one of our babies, which I don't even know if I ever had time to process it just because of all the different losses that we had, but um, I think it's so important to mention that little babe because I think that grief, like, I think that when you have a miscarriage, it doesn't matter if it's week three or week 20, mm-hmm. like it, it feel like you go through that same yeah. grieving process. Yeah. Um, and then during this entire time, my mom had, had had cancer. Um, she was doing good though. She was in treatment. So, uh, it wasn't really anything that was like a pushing topic, mm. but she was always kind of the focus. So, we were always going to chemos for her. We always kind of were worried about her. And so in July of 2019, when my husband's mom got diagnosed unexpectedly with pancreatic cancer, mm. it just threw things for a loop. Um, especially with it being pancreatic, we knew that that's not a good yeah. <laughs> diagnosis. Yeah. And so um, we kind of shifted a little bit. We went to thinking about my husband Tom's mom and then trying to like shift like enough support between the two moms um so it was a weird weird time and then she she died I mean she died in November so literally like right after she got diagnosed so it was really traumatic um and one of the things that added a, a a little twist I guess is my husband's from England And so during that time, we had to figure out how to 
fly back and forth, yeah. take off time, time plane rides. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not just a trip to Nebraska. Like if you buy a plane ticket that week, it can be upwards $3,000 right. per person. So trying to figure out, you know, having those hard conversations of asking do you want to be there for the death or do you want to be there for the funeral? Because we actually can't afford both. Um, so that was that was crazy. And then right after that in December, my grandma died. Oh, my God. And then uh, in January, early January, my uncle, who we were extremely close with, traumatically died. Like, we were with him the night before, and he was dead in the morning. Um, and then January 24th, my mom died. So... And then you know what, to be honest, like it was January 24th and it was this monumental year, right? Like all this loss. And I was like, oh, like maybe there's going to be some good news. And then COVID happened. Oh, <laughs> and we were like. Oh my, that, oh my God. Yeah. So we were like, oh my gosh, like what is going on right now? Like, you know, we just had this last year where we were just, we were just surviving, like head barely above water. Um, and then like, I thought that we could maybe take like a deep breath. And then, so like what has felt like six months to so many people has felt like a year and a half to us. (laughs) I can't even, I like don't know. I have so much going through my head right now that I'm like trying to process. (laughs) Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me when you say all of this, this is like the weirdest thing ever. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show or not. But after my dad died, I had kind of told myself that, like, no more bad things can happen to me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, how, oh, how could that? Like, that was the worst, most traumatic, awful thing I've ever... Like, I'm done for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And then I talked to people like you who have had these, unbe- like, relentless years of loss. And it's just, like, no one is safe. Like... I've been, like, comforted in thinking that, like, I am, I am, like, immune to death now. But, like, no, I'm not. It's just, like, how do you come back from this? Like, how are you sitting here? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Take all the time you need to Yeah. I mean, okay, so when you're going, like, when we were going through it, it was very hard. But um, I didn't process, and honestly, I didn't process until COVID. Like, because you were just sitting in your thoughts. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I went into a little bit of a depression there for a hot second because I was just sitting there and I was reflecting on that time. And when, when we were going through it, it was all adrenaline. It was totally, all adrenaline. Totally. There was, if you it's look very at like it, fight or flight. Yes, all of it, fight yeah. or flight. And like, if you look at it, it's like January, February, March. Like, we didn't have time to breathe. We didn't have time to process it. Like, we just knew like what was going on, and like was just not good. But and it was sad, and you know. But looking back, like when I was processing during COVID, and I was looking back, and I was like, that's when I felt it because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, that was. I, I feel trauma, like, in my body. I started yeah. going to therapy for trauma because I was yeah. like, that was just unbelievable. And trying to, like, work on top of it and yeah. thinking, like, it's it's funny looking back. Like, I, like, tried to maintain, like, friendships. And, like, I still Ugh. tried to maintain, like, going out with people. And, like, I don't, e- I don't even know how. We did it, and I think that it's truly, like, I, I truly believe that we talk about this all the time. I think your brain protects you mm. to get through it. Like, I think that your 
you're thrown into a situation and like I don't think you're supposed to feel it all right there because I I don't think that anybody would ever make it through. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that is such a, it's like almost like this biological response of just like, your brain is like, okay, like, let's go. We yep. got to keep going. Like, yeah. Which is so fascinating and, and helpful. Like, I mean, there's like, I think there's like a scientific reason for what you're explaining. Like totally. you have to go on, but then it like catches up to you and then you're forced to like, re- and then it's like, pieces of it come back to you and they like wake you out of a sleep and it's just like it's horrible Mm -hmm. and then trying to process it all and because we were in a unique situation so um everything was really bad but I would say the two moms were what really like overshadowed it all Mm -hmm. and I think because you were grieving those other things like sadly like things like my grandma and grandpa I miss them but I probably didn't have the same reaction I would have had if it was only them, you know, like totally because it was so overshadowed totally. by all the things. Of and course. so we had two moms that were going both through cancer journeys. And mm. so I think that that was the hardest part was comparing their journey. Mm, and then yes. also like being in there. I remember being in Tom's mom's hospice room and she died before my mom. Mm. And I was trying to hold it together for him as his wife. Yeah. But yet I was so triggered because I was like, this is going to happen to me and it's going to oh happen God. to me soon. Yeah. So you have these other feelings that are going on while you're trying to be a supportive spouse to your grieving, you know, your grieving spouse and yeah. be there for them. But like at the end of the day, sometimes it just wasn't possible to yeah. be there for each other because we had our own like situations going on and... Yeah, it was just, it was so, so crazy. And I think it was harder to compare the two situations. Yeah. And harder how? What do you mean? So his mom died in hospice. Mm -hmm. It was six months, super quick. Um, She Did she undergo any kind of treatment or was it just sort of like this is... By the time they caught it, it was like you could either add like two months onto your life and go through what could be hell and back or just live your life and, you know, just die naturally. So um, it was six months and it was... I think that anybody I've talked to that goes through a cancer journey, it's... Everybody says the same thing. It's this like... One day you're like, oh, they're for sure gone tomorrow. And then, like, they wake up and they have, like, a spark of energy. And you're like, what is going on? Like, it's, like, this emotional ride. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. And then my mom was a unique situation because she actually did, um, is it, it's either death with, by dignity or death with dignity. So in Colorado, they have, Colorado's one of the only states that allows you, um, essentially if you're within your last couple weeks of life, Mm -hmm. that you can put it on your terms. So that you essentially can make that choice for you. So I knew the day that my mom was going to die. And that is another type of anxiety that like, I don't ever wish upon anybody. But then also same thing, like Tom's mom was, it was, it was hard too, like riding that journey and I mean, she was in hospice for like nearly three weeks, I want to say. So that's Mm -hmm. a long time to be like every single day wondering if she's going to wake up, you know? So the two journeys, although very similar, were very different. Totally. Um, And yeah, it just, it 
it was really hard to process both. was going to die as like I can't imagine because I mean my dad's death was a shock and it was like I I go back and forth between like what I have wanted to know mm-hmm. or what I is it better that it's just like the rug was pulled out from under me mm-hmm. and then like what's the difference like what does it matter I, I've talked about this before that like I would talk about this with my therapist that I was like, I wonder if it would be worse to lose him suddenly or if this. And she mm-hmm. was like, what does that matter? Like, why are you talking about like, Yeah, your feelings are your yeah, feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but it was just like, yeah, I just, were you at all involved in that decision with her? Like, had, had she had conversations with you about it? Yeah. So from the very beginning, when she got diagnosed, um, we found out that she had the BRCA1 gene, mm. which is... Yeah. Um, you essentially have a higher chance of getting breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Like, it's super high. So she had very honest conversations with her doctors, and they essentially said, like, look, you'll never be in remission, but what can happen is we can get the cancer to go away, and it's either, like, it's only one year until it comes back, or maybe it will be 20 years. Like, nobody can determine, Mm. but unless something traumatic, like a car accident happens Mm -hmm. or something unexplained, like, it most likely will be what ends your life. Um, So she had said from the very beginning, I will fight, fight, fight until like I cannot fight anymore, but I refuse to suffer. I refuse to be like laying in my bed and have zero control and have my family watch that and all that. And so she had always said that she would exercise her right for that. Um, I think that around the time she got diagnosed was around the time that it got passed as a law that you could do that. I remember that. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah. too long ago. Not yeah. a lot of people have done it. Yeah. Um, and so she had always said that that was going to be how she would do it. She just wanted it to be on her terms, whatever totally. that looked like. Yeah. And I always supported it. Like, I was always like, well, I I would never, like, what, <laughs> this is weird that I even compare it to this, but I'm like, when our dogs are sick, like, oh, we don't uh, no. make them suffer. Of course, like, that's not weird. I think they're, they're your family. Those yeah, you, like, yeah, like, you put them down, and it's not because you don't love them. It's because you love them yeah. that, like, you wouldn't want them to suffer. Exactly. And so I always said, like, I supported her in that and whatever she chose, but I just, I don't think I realized, and I can't even imagine on her end. Yeah. I, on my end, I can't even, I didn't, I could not prepare for knowing yeah. the day, like, yeah. that my mom was going to die. It was the worst couple weeks of my entire life. Almost, I mean, this might sound bad, but it was, I think it was worse than the day she died. Because it was all that anticipation. Oh, I think that makes such sense. It, like, to a, to a different degree, interestingly, I was just talking about this with my sister, that because um, the month of August is, like, a very tough month because August 5th is my dad's birthday and August 11th was the day he died Mm -hmm. and sometimes the like the day is really terrible but other like last year for example was the four-year anniversary of his death the day was okay but like the leading up to it Mm -hmm. I was a mess Mm -hmm. for two weeks leading up to I was like nauseous Mm -hmm. like crying every day 
And I just think it's like that anticipation, like mm-hmm. that adrenaline kicking in again of just like anticipatory grief. It's a thing. Oh yeah. Wait, <laughs> I, wait, I googled I... it. Yeah. Wait, what was I? Was this about? I feel like I just read something about this, and it might have been. Yes, this was in. Um, oh my god, the Harvard Business Journal about. I posted this article about anticipatory grief as it relates to COVID and how like the anxiety and feelings that people are having right now are extremely similar to grief. And they talked exactly about anticipatory grief. Anyway, um, no, I think like the leading up to it is, is so, cause you have no idea what to expect. Like, and you're just running through every single scenario in your head of just like, what could this day possibly look like? Like, how am I going to get through it? What if this? What if that? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And when it's your, you know, somebody that you love dying, it's literally like, all right, eight, oh eight days until my mom dies. Yeah. Seven days until my mom dies. Were all you right. like open about this with people? Like as it was coming mm-hmm. up, were like coworkers or friends, like uh, how are you? Some of my friends knew the day it kept changing because she kept declining. So, mm. you know, she had this... <laughs> She, my mom had a very big personality. She really wanted it to be on, I think it was, was it leap year last year? She really wanted it to be on February 29th. She wanted to have like, I don't know. She like really wanted that day, but it got, it it got, it kept getting pushed forward because she kept declining. So it kept being like, I don't think you're going to make it until the 29th. So, um, I mean, it was about two weeks that we knew exactly when it was going to happen and I mean I kept my 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 boss in the loop just so she would know and then um you know any of my super close friends knew but I don't think a lot of people knew that that's what she was doing it's a very I think it's a very controversial thing to talk about Mm, um I was just that was going to be my follow-up question to this yeah she she was very much like, this is my story. I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. She put it in her obituary. That's what she did. But I think for me, when you're grieving, like the last thing you want is somebody's input oh, on how yeah. your mom died. Yeah. And, you know, some people, I mean, it was so awful. There were some people that were messaging her like day of death that knew and they were like, putting religion down her throat oh, and no. like I was like oh, no. you just, that's not okay like just let them you know it's up to them it's yeah it just was it was bad so I think that I don't openly talk about it to people like when I tell them just because I don't want their input you know a hundred percent yeah I feel that way in like most of my life yeah <laughs> but yeah. um but yeah I just I just I wonder how that was going to be my question was like how I don't even know, like, how, where to begin with this. That, like, grief, like, death already makes people so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Especially in America. I mean, I think American culture, like, does not know how to talk about death. Mm -hmm. And to tack that onto it, that, like, she very actively chose to, like, end her life in a certain way on her terms, not suffering, Mm -hmm. giving both herself dignity and, like, leaving you with a memory of not having to care for... Mm-hmm. Your, I mean, it's just, it was such an intentional decision. And I, 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 I just, I wonder how people would have, I mean, I am supportive of that. Like, yeah. I, I remember voting for that on the ballot yeah. in Colorado. Like, you know, I think that, yeah. I think that if you've ever watched somebody suffer, it might oh, change your 100%. input on it because why would you ever want that 
for your loved one, unless unless that's what they wanted, you know. But if they didn't want to suffer, like right. why, why should they? Why should they? Yeah. Like she fought for two years. That's a long time to put in. I mean, that was we always joked it was her job. Like yeah. she couldn't have any other. Everything revolved around that. It revolved around chemo's. It revolved around appointments. It revolved around yeah. her being sick and medicines and oh, like. Yeah. You know, she oh, put, cancer is a full-time job. It is a full-time yeah. job. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would do it if I was in the same situation. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Okay, wait, I'm backing up a lot. How, when, when did you and your husband get married? Like, how long had the two of you been together that, like, all of this was happening? So we literally found out on our honeymoon that she had cancer. So Your mom or his? My mom. Your mom. Okay. Yeah. So we found out on our honeymoon that she had cancer. So we, when our journey started, we hadn't really been together um, that long, I would say. But I think that it made us realize real quick that we were... <laughs> good for each other because we and we still navigate it every single day Mm -hmm. um we frequently talk about it and we talk about it in the same way of like losing a child because Mm -hmm. when you're when your uh uh, parents lose their kid um so traumatic but they both grieve the same thing yeah but they grieve different ways yes and so um (laughs) yeah so you know they a lot, I mean, sadly, you hear these stories about, like, people getting divorced after they lose a kid, and you're mm-hmm. like, how? How? Mm-hmm. But it makes sense, because if you don't understand the other person's grief, and you're yeah. not going to go on the same journey, you're going to do it completely different. Yeah. If you don't understand your other person, and you can't, and yeah, it can tear you apart. It yeah. really can. Yeah. So for us, like, it's been, we've been super intentional about just a couple of things like having outside sources to lean on because we know that like we can't always be each other's person. Like I sometimes will be like, I feel sad. I feel bad crying in front of you because I don't want to trigger you (laughs) about your Um, mom, (laughs) you know? And same with him. I think that it's been hard for him sometimes to open up for me because to me about his sadness because he doesn't want to make me more sad than like I already am. So it's like this really weird place to be with the two of us. But yeah, we hadn't been together very long. And that's, yeah, I was going to say that, like, really puts, for better or worse, into mm-hmm. perspective, like, real quick for you. Mm-hmm. That, like, uh, yeah. And the comparing thing is so, I just don't even know how you wouldn't, like, I don't even know how I would avoid that with my partner. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, so, you know, any situation, because even if, you know, you lose your dad, your husband might grieve that. If he got really close to right. him, he he's going to grieve it differently, but he he's going to grieve it as well, you know, yeah. um, if he had a relationship with him. And so I think that it's mainly, for me, like, comparing griefs in general is a really, really hard thing for me not to do. Like, totally. When I, like... I see somebody going through something that seems 
insignificant compared to what we went through. Like, it, I have to check myself real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to yep. be like, well, maybe this is actually the worst thing that they've ever experienced. Yes. You know, like, I wouldn't wish what I went through on anybody else. So maybe that this is actually, maybe this feels to them what our year felt like to mm. us because they don't know anything different. Mm-hmm. Um and with Tom and us comparing our griefs, I think that, like, I mean, it's silly, but I think communication's really key. Like, yeah. if you can't talk to your person about, like, where you're at or what's yeah. hurting you or anything like that, then, um, I mean, it's a really hard place to be. Yeah. get married like honeymoon is over so to speak yep (laughs) and then all of this loss happens and like how did that change I think about like like friendships or like your couple friends you know Mm -hmm. where like how did like what happened how did you navigate all of that Mm -hmm. um so everybody I talk to that has lost somebody they talk about how those relationships change. A lot of relationships change. And for me, um, it felt, or it feels, I guess, like we lost all those people. And then there's all these secondary losses, Mm -hmm. right? So um, a couple of them are like, you know, friendships or relationships that you might have lost during the process. Um, You grieve those. They were very important people to you, and maybe they've changed or whatnot. And you grieve that on top. because we had so many losses, like I think about my aunt who lost her husband, like she's a different person too. Like I feel like I lost that the aunt that was, mm-hmm. you know, and so obviously she's so, changing. Yeah. Um, so you feel like you have all these different losses. And um, for me, while it was happening, and I think it's probably different for every single person, but since ours was kind of over a year while it was happening, I don't think that I had the bandwidth to address any of those things because totally. I was like, I, I can't, like, right. I, I can't even right now. You're like, trying to like stay afloat. I'm like, literally surviving. I yeah. can't add drama into yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, but it, for me, it was really, COVID really reveals a lot <laughs> during COVID. Isn't that true for everybody? I mean, yeah, my God. Yeah. Well, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Sit in your just feelings. Sit on your feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's when I started to really look back at the last year and be like, wow, this person really didn't show up. This person really made me feel X. Like this relationship, without me even realizing it, completely yeah. went under the radar. They just didn't know what to say or they didn't know what to do. And so they never checked in or. Mm. Um, anything like that. And so I definitely struggled with it. And I think that at the time, like during COVID, that was really what I was focused on because it was the only thing I had like control over (laughs) in that moment. Um, But no, I mean, when you say couple friends, I got mama bear over all my husband's friends <laughs> like I, I can imagine I would like I was like you guys aren't even like showing yeah. up for him like I like I literally 
lost it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you just want to stand up for your person. And when you watch them hurt so of bad, course. like, it's all that you want to do is just, like, be like, why aren't you guys showing yeah. up? Why aren't you checking in? Just because you're men doesn't mean that you can't check in on each other, oh you know? God. Like, yeah. um, so I think that for him, like, it was a little bit different because I think that it is different with, like, males and females generally and how yes. their friends show up for them. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I went mom bear on some of his friends. <laughs> And probably not my best moments, but you know, I you mean, just want, <laughs> you, yeah. You, yeah, you just want to protect your, your loved ones. Yeah. And, um, but yes, yeah, so many, so many relationships change. And I would say that's what I'm dealing with now is figuring out what that new normal is. Yeah. And also like I changed. Totally. Totally. You talk about that secondary grief and it's like, that's one of the first things I think about was just, like, grieving who I was. Like, mm-hmm. I will never be the same person again. Mm-hmm. Which made me really sad because I was like, there were obviously aspects about me that I loved that I didn't want to change. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, yeah. do you have the space in your, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, and just being like, who am I? Yeah, like, yeah. Who am I now? Because different things... Well, once again, COVID, like I, for me, I figured out like, um, well, Tom and I both, we immediately are like, okay, life's short. Like, we're not going to wait until we're retired to do stuff. We want to travel. We want to do all this stuff. And then you're put into the situation where you can't. Right. So um, that's been hard for sure. But you definitely, your priorities start to shift a little bit and what matters to you. And I'm lucky enough that my husband and I went through very similar things. So our priorities shifted together. So all the things, like, we talk about it all the time. Like, I am I always say, if we didn't learn anything from this last year to apply to this new shell of life of ours, then, like, what was the purpose of it? You know, yeah. trying to find some sort of meaning behind any of it. Not that everything happens for a reason. I do not believe that. Totally. No, I see what you're saying. But, like, to find those little... Um, just those little nuggets that yeah, come out of it. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't wait until, like, my mom was 51. I'm like, that's 10 years younger than people retire. Like, yeah. if if she would have never done anything and she was waiting for retirement, then she would have, she would have never, I mean, she would have never gotten to experience anything. Yeah. So, like, that stuff completely changed for us. And I think that when that happens, naturally you grow apart from some people in your life because they just have different priorities than you yeah you are able to articulate that not remotely close to a year out from losing your mother as and I am like almost five years from <laughs> losing my dad and I I mean that was that's really well put Thank you. that like yeah I just because I am still looking for that purpose like mm-hmm. I am and again it's not that everything happens for a reason like I don't think that everything happens for a reason, but I think that out of everything, you can find meaning. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I know it's, this is like such a tangent. It's really interesting because after I lost my dad, like I quit my job. I like mm-hmm. changed everything in my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I hate everything. And I'm starting over and like, what the hell? Yep. And so then I decided to go to graduate school to become a therapist and, like, 
people are like, God, that like has given you such purpose. Like that's so amazing. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have my dad here than be in grad yeah. school right now. But I see what they're saying. I see what you're saying. I see what yeah. they're saying. And I know that, like, that's not what they mean. But that's immediately the first thing that comes to my head. Oh, my is God, that they're totally. Just, yeah, they're, they're just like, yay, you have a new purpose in life. I'm like, eh. Yeah. But, no, definitely. Definitely. But, um, but, yeah, I just, like, I always thought that if I had, like, experienced some kind of, like, traumatic loss that I would come out the other side, like, super positive – not no okay hold on let me <laughs> let me rephrase not super positive that i would come out with this like new outlook on life about like not waiting and and cherish the moments we have and that whole everything that comes with that and mm-hmm. i just like really went in the opposite direction and it's getting better yeah but like it just, I, I like, I don't know. I think you have to have that, though. I think that if, like, I almost feel like you have to hit rock bottom to start climbing up again. But, yeah. you know, my husband and I both are in um, motivational settings in our life. So he's a soccer director, soccer coach. He's mm. always, like, he has, like, that coaching mentality. Yeah. And I'm in the fitness world, too. Yeah. So I kind of have the same thing. And so... Um, I think that, like, we talk about how, you know, kind of that mentality of, like, it's okay if you get knocked down ten times. But, like, at the end of the day, if you hold your hand over your heart, your heart's beating, you're here. Like, but I think that everybody that I've talked to and I have found this too, and I am sure that I'll find it as time comes, like, there gets a point where you look back and you're like, and this for me was a year, like, the last year, 2019. I looked back and I was like, I made zero steps forward like zero steps forward I mean which you can't like how but would like, you, like you know but you could be five years past your right. somebody dying and being like I've been in a rut and and then you get to a point where you're like deep breath I'm ready to yeah. take a step forward I don't know what that looks like I don't know what if that just means that I shower today like yeah, I don't know seriously. what that means but I'm ready to start building my life up again whatever that means and I think that when you find that moment in your life that's when you can start but you have to let yourself go through that process before like you do you just have to feel all the feels It's like, I do it with people that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know, or I know them, like, very peripherally. We're friends on Facebook. We're friends on Instagram. We, like, went to high school together, and they lost someone. They lost a parent, and, like, they seem to be okay, or they seem to be looking on the bright side, or they, it's just like, ugh. It's but like social, so, but social media is. Well, it's fake. I mean, yeah, it's all fake. So, like, you know, you can always come on like for me the days that I'm not on social media are the days that I'm crawled in my bed like yeah (laughs) you know and then the days that you're on there and you're feeling good because that's how it is like you have days where you're you physically feel like you can't move or like and you know then there's other days where you're like I'm doing good I'm doing okay yeah like I think I still think of them every single day but like I'm able to 
do my daily routine today, you know? Yeah. Um, but com- comparing and not comparing your journey. So, like, you know, right. because, like, you're five years in, I'm only one year in. But also, your dad died traumatically, right? Yeah. 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 So I had two years before. Right. So, yeah. you know, like, when you're prepping for it, like, you can't prep for it, but you also, like, you go through emotional turmoil for years Yeah. before, like, prepping for trying to prep emotionally. Right. right. And that in itself is an emotional roller coaster. Like, I cried more in those two years, probably, than I did after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what it's like to lose someone expectedly. Um, which I think adds just a whole, a whole other layer to it. Not that it's like better or worse, but it's just, it's so just different. different. It's so different. Yeah. Um, because when they, when you have two years before it takes out all those, um, I didn't get to say. Yeah. I didn't get to do. Yeah. And so that's the one piece that I'm grateful for. Yeah. Like, in ours is, like, even with Tom's mom, it was six months. He flew over there as soon as he knew, and they had, like, mm. mother-son dates. Like, they did things together. Yeah. And anything that was left unsaid or anything that needed to be mended could be mended or just all is forgiven or whatever that might look like. Yeah. Whereas if they're traumatic that gets stripped away from you, yeah. you know? So it's a different, it's different in the sense of like, just that's, I think what you miss out on, mm-hmm. but it's just different because those two years before also were like, just a lot of grief. Yeah. Like yeah. she was there, but I, I was disconnected from her. Like I felt like she was already dead. It was Your mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you think that was like a, it, are you referring to the fact that you felt like she was dead because it was like a defense mechanism? Probably. Like you were, pri- you were trying to just be like, okay, we're done. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure that it was a defense mechanism. You know, like just trying to be close, but also like not letting yourself go there. Like not yeah. trying not to ruin the time that you have yeah. by knowing that they're not going to be there. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You know? And then dealing with all the, when they have cancer... Or if they're just dying naturally, I, I assume when they're dying naturally, they go th- they go through a process too. So they might get angry, they might get snappy. So then you have to deal with all those emotions right. and try to just like pretend that none of it affects you. Right. <laughs> and um, just kind of, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. But just different. It's yeah. I mean, right. I mean, every every journey with everything is so different. And the way you know you were talking about the way you and your husband, even if you're not that you were grieving. Well, you did with the miscarriage. Like, you're grieving the same person, mm-hmm. but you grieve differently. Mm-hmm. And so, like, navigating that. And it's the same thing with... I think that's what makes me sometimes so nervous about having... Okay, there's, like, a lot here. So, one is because I have, like, built this identity around the importance of, like, processing grief out loud. hmm having a podcast about it like I'm very open about it and I want to talk about it but because of that people will reach out to me and be like hey like my friend lost xyz like what should I say I'm just like I don't, I don't know I don't know your friend yeah <laughs> so I don't there's not like a one-size-fits-all and oh, I totally lost my train of thought 
that. Yeah, it'll come back. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, oh, oh, that's what I was going to say. In um, like projecting your experience with grief onto others, mm-hmm. like say that you have a friend or a partner who mm-hmm. lost his mother to cancer and like something that you had emotionally processed or thought of that never even occurred to him. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, you must be thinking X, Y, Z. And then that other person is just like, actually, no. I've never thought of that before. And you're <laughs> just like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. it was just, just so interesting because it's like grief is, is, is so isolating. So isolating. It's, it's like the worst. But mm-hmm. it's, but also, and, but, but then when you talk to people who've experienced, it's like, it's so comforting Mm-hmm. while also recognizing that, like, your experience, even if you lost the same person, like, the same relationship, like, you both lost your mom, you both lost them to cancer. It's, like, it doesn't matter because it's so how you process it and, how, like, what goes through their head and how they make sense of the loss and how they move forward is, like, night and day. Yep. And it's so hard sometimes to move through that. Oh, definitely. I completely agree with that. And... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the masks. And totally. My masks and getting... the pregnancies. <laughs> my face is getting very sweaty. It's so hot. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. Did you notice... Okay, this is something that I noticed. Okay, so this is with my, with my daughter, who's now two. So I got pregnant with her... I guess it was like two-ish years, 2017 I got pregnant. Yeah. So it had been about two years after my dad had passed. And I remember like telling people that I was pregnant. And like the first thing they said was like, oh my God, I'm so happy for your family. Like you guys need something to celebrate. You need Mm -hmm. something to be happy about. And I was just like, again, I get what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but like, do you not understand how horrible this is for me that, like, I have to go through this and all I've wanted, all my dad wanted, all I've ever wanted was for, like, my dad to get to know my daughter. Mm-hmm. That, like, my daughter is never going to know my dad mm-hmm. is, like, re-experiencing grief. Like, I'm, oh, I'm like, going... 100%. Right. Did yeah. people, like, say stuff like that to you when you... So, I mean... I think that as you go on, what I'm learning is there's different things that pop up that just kind of trigger it, right? Like, so there's that quote that I read in the beginning. I thought it was complete bullshit. And it was like talking about the waves, right? And it says as time goes on, like the waves separate. And I was like so deep and I was like, every day is awful. Like I can't even imagine. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, it's been a month. But then like my mom's birthday is in August. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, as that starts to approach, you start to get anxious and you start to get into it. Um, and when we found out we were pregnant, I, um, I actually cried and I don't think it was happy tears. Mm -hmm. And we had been trying for two years. Like I always imagined that it would be this like, oh my God, like super jumping up and down. And I like quietly didn't tell my husband. I laid in bed and I just like curled in a ball and just started crying. Mm. And it, I think that when stuff like that happens, it just is a reminder of like, it's just a reminder. It reminds you of all the things that could have been. Mm -hmm. And for me, like Mm -hmm. that same as your dad, like that's like what my mom always wanted. And so for me, and now we don't too, 
like I'm waiting, I'm like we don't even have another grandma like yeah. both of them like they both miss out on that and like we won't have any support like on the you know on yeah. the maternal side yeah um it's devastating yeah. I mean it's truly devastating and definitely people have said like you know this is you know this is what you guys needed or anything like that and I to to an extent like I get what both sides are saying like I'm like yeah, yeah like we really did need some good news <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. we really did and then but then on the other side like I I struggle because we had infertility for two years and I'm like but why like why could they never meet them like it's not like we didn't try yeah. It's not like we didn't want them to. It's not like they didn't want to. And um, and I don't know. Like, my, my husband's sister had twins literally right before um, oh his mom died. And we've talked about, like, same thing. You can't compare. Like, you just – you don't know which one's worse. Like, she's always like, yeah, but my babies met my grandma, their grandma once, twice. And the sh- like, they're like, not going to remember. And they're not going to remember. Yeah. It. And I knew that when they met them. And so, like, I can see how both sides would just be absolutely devastating. Totally. You know? Totally. It's less that and more just, like, people say... It's, like... It's almost like people are so uncomfortable with, like, how much shit you have gone through in the last year. And then you tell them this wonderful, exciting news. And they're like, yay, we're not sad anymore. Like, no one... (laughs) Thank God we're out of that. And it's like... Like, it's, it's almost more about, like... Like their discomfort yes now like because everything's happy so now you're clearly not going to be like sad anymore right well and that's what I've been um talking a lot about is this place where grief and joy coexist uh, and it's a if I could do a podcast I'd like that is yeah everything oh my god it's I mean and it is the hardest thing and it's impossible for anybody but I mean it sounds like maybe you might understand (laughs) like you know like where (laughs) I could be super happy one day being like I'm pregnant like I'm having a baby and literally the next day I will be like in tears but my mom doesn't get a meet up and and then also like I could be crying but also happy like it's This really complicated, draining emotion all the time. (laughs) All the time. And then you feel, well, maybe, I don't know if you do, but I felt, like, robbed of that joyous experience. Like, I remember, I remember when I, like, gave birth to my daughter and they, like, put her on my chest and I was, like, so happy. And all I was thinking about was, like, I can't believe that my dad isn't, like, sitting in the hospital room right now, like, waiting for me. Yeah. Like, so I was hysterically crying because I was, like, so happy. I'd just given birth, and that hurt. Yeah. And spoiler alert. <laughs> and, and like, and it was just, like, so many things. Like, you're crying because you're so happy and, and so sad. It's, like, and then it just feels like it's not fair. Like, am I taking this moment away? And then even, like, my daughter's birthday, like, where she doesn't even care. Like, the first birthday is for you. It's not for yeah, them. And we yeah. just, but, like, a little party, and we're singing happy birthday, and my whole family is around. And, like... That my dad isn't there. It's just like, and then I just feel like a horrible mom because then I'm like wiping away tears as I'm trying to like sing happy birthday to her. Yeah. You know, like it's just. It I mean, it's, I can't, I'm, I'm whiplash. sure. Yeah, I'm sure that that will be one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And something yeah. about, I was talking to somebody the other day, something about being a mom and raising a girl. Mm-hmm. And for me, because it was my mom, like, it's this weird 
connection. Like I look at pictures of her pregnant and I feel the sense of being like, I'm in the same place she was yeah. with me. And there's something weird about being the female and female that you can correlate back and totally. be like, she did this with me. She protected me. She cared for me. She was sick for me. Like yeah. all those different things. And it makes you like appreciate them in a completely different light. Um, yeah. But it's, I'm sure every single thing that goes on through my child's life, I'm going to be like, yeah, my, my mom would have been here. My mom would have been to every game. My yeah. mom would have been, you know, grieving that what could have been yeah. is really what it comes down to. But still like being so happy about this yeah. little, little nugget. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a draining. Yeah. And also giving yourself the permission to be happy, mm-hmm. which is something I really struggle with. Like, mm-hmm. Before losing my dad, I was like, I I had like a lot of guilt when I was happy because I was like, well, other people are like homeless and starving. Mm-hmm. And my husband would always be like, okay, I, I mean, like, it's important to be grateful for the things in your life, but like, it robs you of joy. Yeah. Like, whatever, I'll work on that later. But so, so yeah. but it really, it's just like granting yourself that permission to be so ecstatic and, and happy that like you and your husband are going to have a baby and just how like wonderful and challenging and amazing parenthood is. And like, yeah, that, like it's okay to be excited. Yeah. What's so weird about COVID and I don't know if you've gone through the same thing is I like, probably have. COVID's really is, put a number on It's me. really put a number, <laughs> you know, like I, so many things that I worried about, like I had always been like, I'm really worried about my, so my mom was like the events of all events. She always threw events. She yeah. always, that was her thing. Um, and so I've always worried. I've been like, when I get pregnant and baby shower, like, I think that would be really hard for me because my, I know that my mom would have thrown it and she would have like completely, you know, did it up and whatever. (laughs) And then now COVID happened and I'm like, well, like, I don't even know if I can have a baby shower. So there solves that problem. Like it just kind of is what it is, but it just, you know, there's so many different layers on top of everything. Like like for you with your baby being born in the hospital and you wishing that yeah. your dad was there, I'm like, well, they can't be there anyways. So. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> great, like whatever. Yeah, it just kind of shows you that like, I don't know, nothing's in your control, ever. kind of like months after my dad died I was like very at peace with the idea that nothing was in my control because mm-hmm. I was like if the universe is capable of doing this like what's the point like okay I'm and I am such a worrier I was like okay I just freed up so much of my time yeah because I spend so much time worrying like this is great and then and it was like very freeing and then I I, I came back down. Do you think it was that, or do you think that you just got to a point where you're like, I don't care anymore? <sighs> mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, probably that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't care. And I, re- uh, okay, yeah. And maybe that was that. Because yeah, that's I, how I was. Oh, my God. I vividly, so I worked for a nonprofit in Baltimore at the time. I did fundraising. And you work with some colorful folks when you're a fundraiser because you have to, like, 
put up with their BS yeah. because, like, they're donors and whatever. And I remember this instance in which someone who was not a donor to the organization wanted to be put in, like, a, like a, like a board position. Like, she didn't make donations to the organization, and she, like, wanted to be president of the board. <laughs> And so I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she, she like, called, I swear, she, like, called, like, the, the CEO of the organization, his, his, like, chief of staff, and, like, left her a message about how horrible I am that I wasn't putting her on the board. Oh, my gosh. The, the, thankfully, this, the woman, like, the chief of staff, like, took my side and was like, this is absurd, but I'm letting you know she left me this message, but, like, I have your back. Hell no, this is not happening, whatever. But it was that moment where I just, like, I I hung up the phone with her, even though she was supportive of me. I, I hung up the phone with her, and I just, like, calmly stood up and walked into my boss's office, and I was like, I have to go. I was like, I can't, I don't care about this yeah, woman's petty. stupid <laughs> problem. Like, she wants to be on the board. I mean, thank God she didn't call me, because I would have gone after been, like, in yep. prison yep. for verbal assault. Yep. Like. I mean, and that was, like, my moment where I was just, like, I think it's time for me to, like, bow out because I don't care about anything that anyone is saying right now. I think that's pretty normal. (laughs) I think so, too. I think, I mean, it is because you are changing and you're shifting and you don't care. Yeah, I truly don't. Like, you truly From the bottom of my heart. Yeah, I truly (laughs) don't care because you get into this place where you're, like, well, like, Life shit. Yeah. <laughs> like what it is. It, what it, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Like I just, whatever happens, happens. Like <laughs> because you just feel like you've just gone through the worst thing yeah. I could have ever gone through. That yeah. you're just like I can't. I can't even deal with these things anymore. Like yeah. you know, I think that that's a pretty normal stage. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I'm like I have to give myself some credit. Like I think that that was. I hear about people quitting their jobs, moving, like oh, all God. that stuff after. Yeah. After that stuff happens all the time. Yeah. 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 I was, we had, we got married like two months before. Oh, yeah. And then my dad died. And then I was like, I was like, I'm going back to Denver and you can come with me or not. I don't really care. But like, yeah. I'm going. Yep. My husband was like, oh. Okay. He was like, for better, for yeah, worse. He was just like, can I come with you? I was like, sure. Do you want me yeah. to? And you're probably like, I don't care. I don't care. That's what I just said. I don't care. You can come or not. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's amazing. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't know. This is this is this has been nice because I have not recorded an episode in so long and they are like so therapeutic for me. It's and so I, therapeutic to talk about it. Yeah. All well, the time. Thank you so, so much, Jade. This was awesome. And I'm just, I'm sorry for your experiences, but I just, I, I, you have so much insight and like, uh, it's awesome. Like, I hope, I hope you know that, <laughs> that you are, you have a lot of insight and just like sit with that. Like, thank you. I feel like it's when you go through it, it's, you're just trudging with people, you yeah. know. You're just with them, and you understand things in a new perspective and yeah. a new light, and you're able to empathize mm-hmm. with those around you and their situations in a in a way you never thought you, you would. You never even thought was capable yeah. in your in your body and soul. So thank you. It's been, I mean, like you said, it's so nice to talk about it yeah. and just connect with other people that have that get it. Yeah, you know yeah. whether you have a different experience or same experience, there's some sort of common ground 
that everybody has. Yeah.